Everyone knows how to play poker. 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 But do you know how to play poker well? Well, get ready to talk poker strategy with the people who run the games. Hear interviews with the stars. Get information on when to play, where to play, and how to play better poker. 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 This is Poker Action Live, a weekly poker show with your hosts Big Dave Lemon and Joe Rodriguez. Poker Action Line. A lot of stuff going on locally here in town. The Seminole Hard Rock Showdown underway. I was over at the Hard Rock yesterday, so I want to talk a little bit about my experience over there and uh, some of the things going on. The Seniors Tournament, Joe, was yesterday. I uh, didn't see your name on the leaderboard, but uh, uh, I want to talk a little bit about that as well. How are you doing? I'm doing fine, Big Dave. Just, you know, at work now. Yeah. Putting in a lot more hours at work. Well, that's a good thing. Uh, Joe uh, was missed the show last week uh, as uh, we had Bernard Lee on for the entire show. That was a lot of fun talking with Bernard once again for the first time in a couple of years. But, you know, you look at life and you see uh, milestones, dates go by. And, uh, you know, for the most part, if they uh, some of those things that you've done have reached uh, double figures in years, uh, it's a good thing. Uh, we passed our... 11th anniversary on this show in uh, the month of March, and uh, Bernard was doing his 14th year, so a huge accomplishment to him, coming out with his third book this week, and we talked about that last week, but uh, uh, one of the big milestones that I uh, see is, uh, well, not only one year of COVID for, for the most part, you know, you think about boy, it started earlier, it was January, February, even if Trump was denying it, but it was really mid-March that things kind of kicked in, especially with the NBA stopping play. Uh, I remember that was March 12th a year ago. And, uh, you know, all of a sudden, people realized that this wasn't something that was going to go away, just like a miracle, as, as Donald would say. But anyway, uh, we've been a year. Things have changed, and it's affected all aspects of our lives. And, uh, you know, as far as this show is concerned, it's, it's severely effect, affected poker, although things are starting to get back uh, to usual. Uh, but we have uh, just observed last week, it was uh, late last week, the 10th anniversary of Black Friday, which, uh, you know, had the biggest effect on poker and what's uh, gone on. I want to talk with you a little bit about, Joe, some of your thoughts as uh, you know, I, I, I doubt if you had it marked on your calendar that 10 years went by, but uh, it did affect your life. You were playing online poker. You were working a room, I believe, at the time. And all of a sudden, when you went to your local site, whether it was Poker Stars or Absolute Bet or uh, Full Tilt, you saw these uh, symbols from the U.S. Uh, Department of Justice and uh, everything was closed. Do you remember when you first saw that this was affecting uh, online poker? Yeah, <laughs> I logged in um, to um, um, Poker Stars, <clears throat> and uh, that's who I was, you know, playing a whole lot with at that time. And you know, said Department of Justice, DOJ, blah blah blah. And I was like, "Whoa, what the hell is going on?" And then I logged into my Full Tilt account. And I was able to play. I remember I had just over, I mean, literally cents over $100 in the account. 
And I was like, this can't be. I think I made calls. I think I even called you that night, Dave. Yeah, I think so. And, and uh, you know, what the hell's going on? Have you heard anything? Blah, blah, blah. And, you know, the big news came out the next day, you know, a few hours later. Um, you know, like I said, Poker Stars immediately at that point when I logged on, I used to play you know, nighttime, at, and I'm on Eastern Standard Time here in the United States, you know, I'd log on usually around 9, 10 o'clock at night, and I was able to play, like I said, on full tilt, and, you know, said, well, I have a funny feeling this is going to explode tomorrow morning, and sure enough, it did, and here we are 10 years later still talking about it. Um, I never requested my money back uh you know as, as our, hopefully most of our listeners know <clears throat> poker stars bought out full tilt and you know made uh amends to try to get people their their money back and um, you know but you had to apply for it if you remember and yeah yeah i just didn't want to go through all the hassle for a hundred dollars yeah you know? i hear you but, but we did speak on the show about certain people. We had certain guests that were telling us about, you know, uh, people who lived in parts of our country that don't have easy easy access to a, to a brick and mortar uh, poker room, you know, right. and uh, you know, without anything like this ever happening before, Dave, you know, had a lot of their wealth. Tied up in these in this in these accounts and yeah, uh, it seems like I remember one guy had like six point five million dollars on his I, accounts. That's where I was heading. So yeah, <laughs> you and I are right on. You and I are right on. on argue with that. Yeah, just to just to kind of recap what happened. Obviously, everyone knows the story. Although a lot of people have just gotten into poker over the past few years, may not uh, be too familiar with it. But that morning, it was April fifteenth. Which just, uh, I guess it's not a coincidence that that was tax day, but uh, uh, the word came out that uh, uh, the Department of Justice had unsealed 11 indictments against the leadership of the four poker rooms that were big, uh, Absolute Poker, UB.com, Full Tilt, and Poker Stars. Uh, that they had uh, indicted them for a variety of bank fraud and gambling violations. So uh, they seized all the website domains, and all the monies were put in limbo. Uh, the good thing is Poker Stars, where you had your money uh, at the time, uh, they had segregated the players' money from company funds and were actually able to go back uh, shortly later and uh, open their site to allow players to retrieve their bankrolls. So uh, the other ones, Full Tilt, UB.com, and Absolute Poker, um, especially Full Tilt, you know, they just combined all the money in their company funds. And, uh, you know, while they were paying their uh, their re registered pros that were representing them uh, huge stipends every month, uh, they didn't have the money to pay anybody back, and as you mentioned later on, uh, Poker Stars would pick up the full tilt uh, debts and and make a lot of people whole. So uh, I remember we had been doing the radio show for a little over a year, so it was a huge uh, shock for us, and uh, a lot of the plans in the business, uh, the company that uh, started our radio show, uh, which was on sports radio at the time here in South Florida had hopes of uh, putting their own site up and, and uh, you know, that all kind of quickly came to an end. So uh, it changed things immediately for the negative on our part. 
Uh, and it seems like we've been, um, you know, pushing the, the, the rock up the hill only to have it fall back down to the bottom since then. Yeah, I mean, it's amazing, David. And, and you remember the conversations shortly before all of this happened? <laughs> that's, that, that, was, that sounds very funny uh, right now, um, how they wanted to close the sites for six months so that they could come together to come up with some, you know, rules and regulations. Yeah, or cooling off period they talked about. Cooling off period. <laughs> Right. And, I think and it was we longer like, than six months. It seems like it was like they were talking about a year. Well, no, no. Well, they kept saying, oh, you know, you'll be out for six months to a year. And we were like, wait a minute, six months to a year without playing poker, blah, 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 online. You know, how are we going to survive this? <laughs> Here we are 10 years later uh, talking about it. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and, and the people in the business, you know, when this happened, they figured, well, how long will these sites be shut down? And they said, you know, it's kind of momentarily we'll be get, get back to action. And, you know, it was a long time before any of these sites were able to open again. And now it's stopped any kind of national, uh, you know, legislation on the, on the, to protect players and that sort of thing to come through. It's all just down to the states that want to happen. And we do have six states now playing poker. So, you know, it, it's not like it hasn't gone anywhere. But, uh, you know, some of these places immediately left the United States. Uh, some of them have come back. Some of them haven't. But, uh, you know, poker has proliferated around the world over these, over these years, and it's, the growth has been stunted here in the U.S. It really has. And, you know, and there are some sites that are, you know, taking action and doing stuff here. But um, it's, you know, it, it definitely hasn't even been close to yeah to what it was so yeah well well we do have we did have nevada delaware and new jersey the only ones but now recently adding michigan uh pennsylvania first then michigan and uh west virginia more recently uh so they have six states where they are playing online poker uh what have you seen and people you've talked to that are still able to maybe illegally go on sites and and play well <clears throat> How easy Obviously, is it to get your money in, in out there? Well, let me tell you something, David. You know, for me, it definitely has changed the course of, you know, how I was living my life. So I was playing a whole lot of poker at that time online. I did have small account with uh, uh, Doyle Poker, which turned into something else. Yeah, Doyle's room. And this, uh, what is it? Doyle's room it was, now it's uh, America's room, right, card and, room, I think. And now it's America's card room. And there are people that are playing on that, and I've never had a lot of money in there. Um, I've never actually sent them any money. I had somebody who, who was playing on there and already had money on there send me money, and I've done the same. But it's you know been minimal amount of money uh, because of what happened 10 years ago and everything else, and... Um, but for me, it's, you know, it's really changed. Um, I believe it's the same for a lot of people. You know, the, the sites haven't had the same success because they were shut down here, but they weren't shut down worldwide, you know? Right. And, right. uh, you know, we know that a lot of top pros, you know, have moved either to Canada or Mexico, you know, so that they could continue making a living and playing online. There are a lot more 
this is something I, you know, it's funny because there are a lot more, and I wish I knew how they did this because I haven't played on it, Dave, but they're playing poker online. Um, I know of someone who's doing it locally and has contests. They're not really playing for, it's more of tournament poker. Right. But, but you know, people are getting funded right away. I mean, like, right away. I don't know if it's being done through, you know, PayPal or any of these other, you know, convenient funding places that, that are going on now. When the pandemic started, I believe you and I spoke about how, you know, poker, online poker and all of this stuff, you know, in the legal states just took off, remember? They, right. they You know, the, the numbers were just insane. And I know that locally... Um, I was invited to go play in a game where, you know, you funded you funded through one place, and when the game was over, when you cashed out, now either when the game was over or when you cashed out, you know, your money would be there immediately, supposedly within minutes. Oh wow! You know, so uh, how they went about that? Um, I had someone who wanted me to, to, you know, hey, you know, you should you need to get in there. And, was just going to send the money for me, and I just decided, obviously, you know, in my position, I've, you know, I no longer do that because I don't want to. Don't, don't have chances. any issues. Yeah, I hear you. you. Know? So, well, we we know that uh, as you mentioned, the uh, online industry has kind of taken off since the pandemic a year ago. But looking back on the ten-year period. What do you think it did for brick and mortar poker? Uh, you know, a lot of people couldn't play online anymore took to going to casinos to maybe play or their local uh, card room or card club. Uh, so for a while, it was a little bit of a benefit for poker. Or do you think it just drove people away from poker in general and dropped the business entirely? It, it was probably a hell for the brick of mortars, Dave, but look at it this way. It couldn't help them one one hundredth of, you know, of what it hurt to people yeah. who were playing. Due to the fact that, remember, online, I've got another nine people. Well, the server just, you know, however it works in the IT world, another table is created, and another table is created, and another table is created, and there's another table. Well, in brick and mortar, you can't do that. Yeah. There's a, there's a you know, busy poker rooms prior to this saw practically no change in their revenue. Yeah, they may have been able to keep their tables filled a little bit longer, so yes, it'll show, you know. But I don't think there was any substantial amount of money made. And, um, you know, we could probably go through, like I know in like Florida where most of the casinos, where most of the casinos are, you know, um, state licensed outside of the, the Seminole Indians, and see the numbers, you know, and if if you're able to do that in most of the states that have poker, you'll be able to see it, but, you know, poker rooms only have X amount of tables, because that's all that fits in there, and if, you know, if they were moving prior to this going down, you're not going to really see a big difference. My guess is there was some sort of uptick in this. Um, it's kind of like a, a catch-22 scenario. They had less people entering tournaments uh, because of people not being able to get in on satellites from online. 
but you would think that you know more people would have entered these tournaments because it was the only way that you could play. So yeah, right. I think between the cost of travel and everything else, uh, I think tournament numbers actually suffered. And live games may have had a slight benefit for a short period of time. Well, I was over at the Hard Rock yesterday, and they're doing big numbers. They have uh, they had lower expectations going into the series, and there are some limits on the number of people that can start a tournament. I think they limit it to like 480 players in each session for that opening tournament. Uh, so they made smaller guarantees in a lot of these events, which some people complained about. They said, why are you doing that? Uh, you know, there's, these people are going to be turning out, and they have. Uh, you know, there was one tournament uh, that I was at yesterday that um, increased that went over the guarantee by seven times. It was pretty amazing. Uh, the seniors tournament had a huge turnout yesterday. Um, the biggest seniors tournament that they had ever done at the Hard Rock was 228 players. Yesterday, there was 221 players sitting at the tables when the tournament started. And the total number ended up being 386 entries. So the numbers are exploding over there, and people are starting to come back. I think a lot of people do believe that the pandemic is waning and uh, they can they can be safe. And of course, the Hard Rock doing a great job. Uh, you know, the cleanliness and and the the, the plexiglass dividers and uh, keeping too many people from congregating in any one area. So they're working at it very hard to try to keep things going. And uh, people have responded. I think uh, I see a lot of people traveling uh, to South Florida for these tournaments. And uh, it seems to be making a comeback. Well, they've, you know, they're drawing from a lot of local people, which there are, you know, no other rooms really having tournaments now. Um, you know, um, poker is exploding. I just had a conversation. We could have this for a later date about how it's happening in Texas now with those social clubs. So, you know, I don't know. There isn't a lot of tournaments around the country that, that I'm hearing about. The weather here is absolutely gorgeous. Uh, you know, as far as I'm being told, you know, tickets to fly down here are extremely cheap right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, so, you know, it's like a perfect storm for all of this to happen. Um, since you didn't have me on the show last week, but um, the gentleman who runs the casinos... Uh, in Aruba, that you know, uh, where where the uh, the disgraced PPC people ran their tournament in Aruba. Right, right. Well, you know, two years ago they they signed with WSOP to do a circuit event, and it was a huge success. Um, they were going to have another one in in 2020, um, and obviously that was canceled. And they've gone through some rough times. Well. That gentleman and his right-hand man in poker came down to visit me the Thursday before the 15th when, when the tournament that you just mentioned at the Hard Rock started. And, um, you know, trying to get some information, seeing how certain things were done. We, you know, we, we had a really nice discussion for two, three hours there in my poker room. And I, they were staying at the Hard Rock on the 15th when the, you know, when this tournament started. And, um... You know, people are, are itching for this to, to go to start. And even with the restrictions, <clears throat> excuse me, that uh, Hard Rock is having, you know, you're talking about seven times over the guarantee. I'm sure they're being very cautious with that guarantee. 
you know, with the amount of money due to the limitation of players. But, um, you know, this just gives you an idea of how bad people want to play poker. Right. The other thing that I believe you're getting some of these numbers is due to the fact that there's a lot of people that have already been vaccinated, you know. and um, So I'm assuming all these positives, you know, certain rooms not opening, no more tournaments in the area for the most part, um, you know, has, has made it, you know, something, a, a desirable thing for poker players to come down and play in. Right. Right. Well, I don't know. We deal with these things and, uh, you know, nobody knows really how it's going to turn out, but you do the best you can. And, uh, you know, for all the victories of, of having a huge tournament, like a seniors tournament with 386 players, you know, it's got to give you uh, reason to believe that things can come back in the long run. I, I don't see why not. I mean, you know, uh, I'm opening up my room now with the special promotions that we're having and stuff. And, you know, uh, thank God it's working. Um, you know, and we're filling up our max tables. I'm pretty sure that, you know, that's in Dade County. You know, I'm pretty sure that by the end of May, in most places, be that the uh, they're expecting that, you know, the, the herd number that they want to reach in vaccinations around the country should be getting close to that. Um, you're going to start seeing things get a little bit more back to normal as far as people wanting to be at poker tables, not having the fear. Um, you know, there are certain poker rooms in the state, Dave, that are already sitting eight or nine. So, you know, right. um, if they have to do it with the dividers or with the masks on, you know, doesn't matter. People are doing it. They may be still bitching and moaning because I got a few of those in my room every day. But, you know, for the most part, they're doing it. Yeah. Um, that may be a norm. I, I mean, I know it's not to say it's going to be a norm that it's going to be required, but something tells me I'm going to see a lot of players still wearing masks uh, a year from today yeah, at the I think tables. So. Yeah, I agree. You know, so. Well, things are going pretty well in Florida. I want to take a look. I wanted to take a quick look at what's happening in, in Vegas. Obviously, the World Series dates have been uh, released, some tentative dates for the fall. And uh, we uh, we know that uh, there will be some online action with the WSOP this summer. But uh, I was looking at some stories about what's happening out there. Uh, Nevada has really, uh, you know, cut back a lot. They had some uh, severe spikes out there. But they are talking now about operating their casinos at 100% capacity as soon as June 1st, which is a huge step there. Well, uh, yeah, I'm sorry, Dave. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say that the social that, that doesn't surprise me because that that falls in line with what I said. I'm expecting it at the end of May. You know, I think that's that's their anticipation. You know, the yeah. the number that uh, our cur you know the President Biden has set forth that you know that they're talking that 80 percent of Americans should be vac vaccinated by the end of May. So you know, having a target date to go to 100 percent by June 1st, you know falls in line with all of that yeah may 1st is the date they've announced to remove a lot of the social distancing requirements in vegas and uh there's been talk that uh 
while they have 50% capacity for restaurants right now, they've increased the table capacity and, and things will be starting to move forward. So uh, the governor said, you know, the state of Nevada will be able to fully reopen at 100% capacity by June 1st. So that's uh, giving them some, uh, you know, important advances there. And along with that, you get a good idea of, you know, what the police what the people out there believe, not the people, but the uh, businesses, uh, the casino owners, because a lot of stuff is starting to happening. There's a new casino that is going to be opening in June. Uh, Resorts World Las Vegas will be opening uh, June 24th. It's the, the first uh, from the ground up construction of a new casino since 2010 so uh that's turning around it has going to have 3500 rooms 40 restaurants and uh 117,000 square foot casino so it's going to be a huge property uh it's going to be on the north end of the strip and it's near the win and encore uh owned by the genting group so uh that's a huge advance to see a brand new casino opening up and a lot of them are changing hands we've talked about it on the show some of the ones that have been sold but bally's has uh, purchased the tropicana for 150 million they're actually getting rid of their properties in colorado and illinois so the focus on vegas is still there and if those people are investing those kinds of kinds of numbers of money you got to feel that you know the future is starting to look a little brighter yeah, well, you know, people are locked up for all this time, and they, you know, they're they're absolutely jonesing. You know, Dave, let me tell you, the numbers locally have been off the charts of people. You know, I don't know if that's just combination of tax and you know uh, stimulus money, but you know, uh, here in in Dade, we just went to twenty four hours last week. You know. Oh yeah. And, okay. And 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 the, the casino was unbelievably packed Friday and Saturday nights when I was leaving work. I mean, it was just wow, tremendous, tremendous amount of of of, of you know guests at the machines in the casino. You know, uh, buying liquor. You know, the the toughest part for us is they're not they're still not allowed to drink and eat on the floor. And that's been a bit of a battle with some of the people, you know. But, uh, you know, they're, they're coming out in droves. They're coming out in droves. So I can only imagine, um, like I said, my daughter had also been to Vegas uh, during the pandemic. <clears throat> and um, weekends, you know, they've been, you know, their numbers have been crazy, you know, even though they probably about a month ago moved up to 50%, as you just mentioned before. And, uh, you know, weekday numbers are still, you know, lagging. Um, but, you know, the weekend numbers are, are, are crazy. And like you said, now that they've mentioned that by June 1st, you know, they intend to open the town, you know, fully, um, I could only imagine, you know, what what's going into into everything because, I don't know if they're having the same problems, uh, Dave, but staffing has become a problem. You know, so much so much money was given to people, you know. Uh, unemployment. Have, yeah, with the unemployment and everything, and um, a lot of people just, you know, um, chose not to return, Dave. You know, pe- people aren't talking about that, but 
every single uh, casino people that I know that work in them, and I'm not just talking about poker, is, you know, having issues staffing, you know, because for whatever reason, people just got either very lazy, you know, decided to do something else, um, and that's become a problem. You know, yeah. they they got a lot of money for doing nothing, and now that you got to work for your money once again, uh, some of the stuff that I've seen is people have lasted, you know, three, four days and go, the hell with this, I'm not going to be doing this. Big issue down here based on poker, and I just had this conversation two days ago, you know, this gentleman went up to, uh, he's playing poker up in Houston area, and he goes, damn, Joe, I saw more Broward and Day dealers up in Houston working in the different, you know, uh, social poker clubs up there than there are down here now. Wow. And that has become a huge issue for poker rooms down here. I could tell you that, you know, <laughs> without any doubt that, yes, we've got people waiting. Some of the local poker rooms that have been successful from day one and have continued to be successful since we reopened, even with limited hours. Uh, you know, the nasty part is trying to raid other other poker rooms dealers. And, you know, they've, they have tried in my room. Okay, and... To be honest with you, Dave, this is the first time in my career, and I mean first time ever, of me running a poker room for the better part of 24 years, that when I've needed a dealer, I can't get one. Yeah. I've People have always wanted to come and work for me, uh, you know, through reputation, or just plain simply looking for work. I used to have at any single time 30 to 40 you know, dealer applications uh, and resumes on my desk that I could just choose from. Yeah. Okay? And I've been begging for dealers to come for the last three months, and I've only had one actually apply. So that is just, you know, that's... <laughs> so I keep telling everybody, you know, and they started to explain how the game is played over there in, in the Texas area, and you know, there's multiple, multiple rooms in the Houston area, according to this young man. Um, you know, so with good tip that money. industry over there is going absolutely crazy. Uh, they, they told me it was like when we opened poker here wow. in the state of Florida. It was, you know, crazy, uh, crazy players or knit players. And for anybody who's got a bit of an experience, you know, you love that range because you know how to play against both of those players to, to right. maximize your profits. It's, it's like a, a gold drive out west. Yeah, and I'll be honest with you, the same thing occurred in in Mississippi and Louisiana when they when they started that. Um, it's and I don't know if I ever mentioned this. Probably maybe ten years, ten eleven years ago when we started our show, but. You know, when rooms open up like this and become legal, top-notch pros, and I know I know that a whole bunch of them did it down here when that, this happened here, is they leave wherever they're living and making their living playing, you know, grinding out poker, and they'll, they'll rent an apartment for 
Yeah, even if they got to sign a one-year lease in an area of a new place that's opening up, because it's it's like you said, it's 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 fertile ground, and for the locals who are dying to play, you know, and and it, there's so many people there that don't really know how to play. They think they do, and they don't, and they're not used to. You know, they may be playing in a home game where you know it's a it's a one two or two five, but all of a sudden you know the games that are ten twenty or you know crazier games are opening up. They see a lot of chips, a lot of cash on the table, and they enter these games. And you know, it usually it's usually about a year before the locals kind of sharpen up and say, hey, you know, <laughs> I got to take a step back, and they start to actually recognize who the uh, who the players are, you know, uh, yeah, yeah. and then go, I don't want to sit down with this guy or that person and so on and so forth. And, you know, at that point, as they say, the gig is up <laughs> and yeah. time to move on to the next town, so to speak, you know? Well, it's Boomtown so. in Texas, but let's shift back to uh, Florida because we know there's a lot of stuff going on in the legislation in the legislature this year that uh, the session ends April 30th. There's also the possibility they could come back for a special session, but they are uh, mulling over a couple of bills that will really change the gambling scene here and not as much for poker as for some of the surrounding uh, paramutuals at these places. Uh, there's a good chance that the, the decoupling that we've talked about for many years is maybe fu- going to finally happen over the next couple of weeks. And that would mean that uh, some of the horse racing, not not really thoroughbeds, but harness, high lie, some of the dog racing that's still le- left. There's not a whole lot here in Florida still left. But a lot of those things will not be required anymore to keep the poker rooms and the slots uh, casinos going. So uh, when that happens, what do you see happening to Florida's poker? Uh, and, of course, it's a hugely different situation between South Florida and the rest of the state. Uh, to be honest with you, Dave, absolutely nothing. Yeah? Absolutely nothing to the poker. Absolutely nothing to the casino. Uh, the only thing that you'll see, you know, sadly, is... Um, you know the sport itself, Dave. You know, uh, you know. For those out there who don't know High Life, my partner here has been uh, the voice for Dania for a long time, and who's a voice in Miami. And you know, large part of his entire mutual career has been, you know, uh, announcing this. And you know the crowds. You worked over there when you yeah. saw the crowds were incredible. So it's already a very sad sight outside of where you're working now. I don't know how many people are actually in the audience, Dave. Well, uh, 50 to 100, yeah. some some performances, but uh, okay. it's definitely way you, less than... You know how years. sad that is to say that number, yeah, isn't that? Yeah, absolutely, that, absolutely. And, 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 and that would seem like a, an avalanche of people at Miami Highway. Yeah, Miami. Okay. I don't think there was ever more than 15 people in the audience at any one time. Exactly. We hit double digits, you know, and this is a, a proud establishment that, you know, used to, you know, used to fill out and, and, and literally... Fire marshals were parked, you know, in front of our doors, telling people we've hit capacity. Yeah. Okay. And um, you know, so. Well, um, but obviously, was, uh, it's a if it's a losing business, and all of a sudden these companies don't have to run it anymore, that means a a bigger influx of income. Will it will it trickle down to the poker rooms? No, I, it's not going to because all it's going to do is 
Um, right now, they've already made a they've already made adjustments, Dave. Uh, outside of Dania, you know that there's a you know Magic City, Calder, ourselves. We're running you know high lie. We're running it at a bare minimum. Um, the CBA, you know, uh, that's been signed between the, the players and stuff, allows them to earn four percent of the revenue in poker. That hasn't changed since day one. You know, so I don't know, you know, what kind of agreements they have. If if it does get decoupled, if they're going to pay some of these players, uh, you know, uh, I don't know what's the word I'm looking for. You know, uh, severance pay, I guess. Yeah. Um, to me, it's going to unfortunately, you know, cost the highlight players who are playing now. But it's only a two two to three month gig at the most. Um, some employment, but I'm sure this is not what they're doing to make their full-time living anymore. And um, bottom line is, unless the state requires something else, it's just going to be you know more money in the coffers for 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 the for the corporation, for the companies. For the yeah. Well, the other thing that's going to happen, it looks like there's a good chance of it happening, is is sports betting coming to Florida. Uh, there's lots of talk about the uh, Seminole Compact and getting that done finally. The Seminoles want to work as a hub for the sports uh, betting industry. Maybe that will happen, but you have a William Hill sports, well, race book right now, but possibly a sports book in the future that is located right next to your poker room. Uh, that's going to be droves of people in. Will that help poker at all? In my opinion, absolutely. Absolutely, that'll help in, in poker. Um, we were on the, you know, I know the guess was, as you mentioned, we do have a beautiful room for those who are listening out there. It's packed, you know, excitement with the, um, you know, the racing, with the room itself, and you hear it, but. It's actually, it, it's not to say that it's helped, but it's, it's, poker players will love to play the horses and, you know, uh, and, and whatever else is being offered there, but sports bettors will come in, and I know that more ho- sports bettors play more poker than actually paramutual bettors. So, you know, if you, if, if you notice in Vegas, a lot of the poker rooms are really close, if not right next to the sports book area yeah. in the casino. So there's a reasoning for that, and I'm expecting that to definitely help us. And as beautiful as the William Hill section is in our casino, it would probably have to expand one way or the other, you know, because you know how that is, Dave. I've been down in Vegas. Uh, you've been? Have you been out there on a Sunday during football season? Uh, not for a few years, but, uh, I have been out there in the past for some of that. And you know the craziness Pretty crazy, at, yeah. at, at, at 930 in the morning, cause you wake up and you, you know, I don't know about you, but I remember the first time that happened, I'd flew in the day before and I got up early for something, not even realizing, you know, cause I was still on, on, on Eastern time going, why is so many, there was so many people down here. Holy cow. Look at this thing. You know, yeah. then I realized, holy cow, we're half an hour away from kickoff. And, 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 you know, for Football Sunday, so, um, you know, it was, it, it was crazy. Yeah. And uh, the poker room was busier at that time than it was on a Saturday night. So, yeah, I'm anticipating, at least in our room, that it will definitely have some sort of, a, uh, you know, positive uh, kickback for us. 
Yeah. Well, certainly lots of stuff happening in this town, and, uh, you know, it's happening, like, right around the corner. Uh, either something will or will not happen in the next 10 days, I would say, um, and then we'll be have some stuff to announce on the show. But uh, probably a good thing that, uh, you know, that uh, some of the poker industries are starting to recover because, again, people are people's attention is going to be diverted from poker somewhat uh, while they're going to be right in the area and they may be tempted to go play a game. They're going to be there to bet on sports. And, uh, you know, those areas are going to be expanding in the casino. Uh, who knows if maybe they'll decrease some of the poker areas. Um, I don't think so, you know, uh, uh, because the poker area, I mean, for us, if they wanted to do that, they, we probably would be prime uh, <laughs> prime real estate for them to do that, but I don't think that's what they want to do, you know. You have to kind of come up to perfect planning for how they're going to do this uh, remember this is going to be all new to everybody down here dave yeah you know and um you know i'm i you know i'm really hoping that the sports betting comes through i really am i i think it's going to be a huge boon for for the whole state of florida uh you know everybody involved um but I'm not holding my breath. <laughs> Knowing how everything works here in the state of Florida, I'm not holding my breath for that to happen. But I'm certainly hoping that it does. And, yeah. um, you know, well, it, it will be a boom for poker. It'll be a boom for a lot of the other, you know, because poker players do tend to gamble um, in other aspects. So that should help the casino. Yeah. Well, Unlike paramutual betters, Dave, you know, yeah. mutual betters are usually people who stick strictly to the horses, dogs, you know, what, whatever their favorite form of paramutual betting is. They they don't, you know, steer too far from that course. Well, people are asking me, you know, what is uh, the systems that they're uh, proposing? Are they are they going to work for sports betting and that sort of thing? To be honest, it's a little too early to evaluate that because things are changing on a daily basis. I don't know what you've heard there about whether the Seminoles will run things, if the paramutuals will have a oh. big stake in it. But uh, what do you see happening as far as, uh, you know, what they're they're proposing on how people are going to be able to bet sports. Um, I don't see. I mean, again, I haven't read anything on that big day. You know, the, usually how to bet on sports. Uh, you know, is is as old as time is. You know, it's. Uh, you know, nobody does it better than Vegas. You know, uh, you know, for years. Let's you know, let's not pretend that people haven't been betting. You know. Uh, online sports for you know decades now um i don't see the the everyday work of sports changing one bit the biggest concern we have now here in the state of florida is how it's going to be handled the seminoles want the hub to go through them similar from what i'm this is again my understanding i may be completely wrong but uh, you know, they want the hub to go through them. I don't know if they're looking for a percentage. Cause do you know how the paramutuals, you know, when, when you have um, off-track betting and like we do, we handle, you know, hundreds of, of tracks, you know, across the country, you know, at different times of the day. Uh, uh, there's actually racing in, uh, 
and somewhere in Italy, in Chile, and uh, in the country of Chile, that's coming through one of our American tracks, and you know that's more to keep people there. And when when you had a large paramutual property yourself, let's say like 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 Gulfstream, right? That ran their own races like Highlight and its heyday. That you ran your own Highlight. This just was a supplement to your income, so that your pay, players would consistently stay there. Hopefully, spend money on the food, drinks, maybe put a few dollars in a machine, uh, because the actual money that you're going to be making, as uh, you know, uh, you know, using like the William Hill in our place and any of the other, you know, uh, casinos in town. Unless it's your product, you're making, you know, 1%, 2% of your total handle, Dave. Yeah. And, and as you know, no, that's not a whole lot of money. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you know you'll still make a few dollars, but, you know, you're not going to get rich doing that. Yeah, you know? for sure. So well, now, it, now if the Seminoles are bartering to become the hub, that's... You know, again, how it works with sports betting, I don't know, but I don't know if that's what they're looking to to get to gain themselves additional dollars through other people's work. So, you know, that's the only reason I would understand that. And I, like you said, the state, I think, is fighting that to allow each and every you know paramutual that wants to run a sports book to have a piece of um, handle it on their own. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Well, interesting subject. Uh, lots to be determined over the next uh, two weeks, I would say. Uh, as they say, watch this space. Uh, let's take a break here on the program. When we come back, uh, a few things are really interesting happening. Uh, the World Series of Poker, which has been televised by ESPN for many, many years, talking about milestones, is moving. They're actually going to uh, take the World Series of Poker to CBS Sports and some of their uh, partners, uh, like uh, CBS Sports Network and, and uh, a couple other things. I'll talk a little bit about that when we come back. Also, uh, you know, a few things happening uh, with uh, Seminole Hard Rock and their tournament. I want to talk about a couple of results, including uh, the seniors tournament and, and an interesting angle that uh, kind of connects with our show from way back. So stick around. Some interesting stuff still to go. Uh, you're listening to Poker Action Line, and you can, of course, always pick us up on Spotify, SoundCloud, uh, Apple, iTunes, uh, any other places where you get your podcast. Uh, also, the Hold'em Radio Network carries the show on a regular basis, and the Poker Fuse podcast page is a place we direct people to as well. So we'll take a break here. We'll come back, and we'll shift gears a little bit here on the program. Thanks for being with us, and I hope you'll stick around. More after these messages on Poker Action Line. This is Poker Action Line. Hi, this is Big Dave from PokerActionLineRadio.com. I want to let all avid poker players know about a great new lottery game that was developed by one of our sponsors, Atlantic West Management Group. This game is now available worldwide on the Internet and will be served as Place Your Chips Caribbean and operated on the Internet as an international lottery by Atlantic West. The Texas Hold'em poker-like game is perfectly legal everywhere and presented as a lottery game with tickets available on the Internet. You can win pick six lottery tickets and cash prizes by using your poker playing skills. It's open to lottery players worldwide, and right now this game is in a play-for-free test mode, and you are not obligated to purchase anything. You can get 50,000 free play chips per ticket for the purpose of evaluating the game with no prizes awarded until the game goes live. The lottery customer can purchase a ticket with a unique number that will grant them entry into one of many Texas Hold'em poker tables with a chip stack and like a lottery game, 
prize value will be based on ticket sales. That chip stack will be valid for the remainder of the week as players can access the site as often as they like to try and take the chip lead. At the end of the week, the highest chip stacks will be awarded lottery prizes, and if you lose all your chips, the lottery ticket becomes null and void. As with regular lottery games, you can purchase as many entries as you like. However, each ticket stands on its own merit, and much like the regular lottery, the results of multiple tickets cannot be combined toward a prize. The name of this game is Place Your Chips Caribbean, and you can access a live demonstration of the game right now at www.placeyourchipscaribbean.com. We believe that when it goes live soon, there will be a heavy demand for this game, as most lottery players would much rather have some say in the outcome of their lottery result. Their odds of winning are greatly improved if they're able to utilize their playing skills in order to increase their chances of winning. I hope that you will try the Play for Free demonstration and hope that you will join us when the Play for Real game becomes available later this year. It may be hard to believe, but people just like you are already saving money. FeedThePig.org makes it easy. Their simple savings plan teaches you how to start saving without going overboard. So you don't need to mooch off your friends. You gonna finish that grape? You mean the one in my mouth? You don't need to stop buying the necessities. What you're smelling is a natural musk. Ew. You don't need to be a medical test subject. How do you feel? Mostly okay. I... <laughs> Sometimes, though. <laughs> you don't need to get a second job as a stuntman. We need a new stuntman. Let's break for lunch. You just need an internet connection. Don't get left behind. Start your personal savings plan with the tips and tools on feedthepig.org. That way, you don't need to sell your soul to the devil. Fifteen bucks is the best I can do. All right, deal. Brought to you by the American Institute of CPAs and the Ad Council. series of poker in two regards first of all uh we had mentioned last week that they have moved the uh live dates out at the rio it's going to be at the rio at least one more year uh this could be the last one there but that will be later in the fall you know we're looking at uh, september late september through early november for those dates uh they have announced that they will have an online bracelet schedule and that will be this summer july 1st through August 1st on WSOP.com. That's the American facing one. Uh, they do have, uh, you know, some events over on GG Poker that will be for European players, but they have broken down uh, into several segments, including a premier week for the first seven days with number themed tournaments like the Lucky Sevens, the Crazy Eights, uh, $888 buy in. And then they will have some uh, micro madness, they're calling it, featuring. Um, only three tournaments on the schedule with buy-ins below $500, uh, which will feature not only, I say, but only, but but three of those tournaments will be for the smaller players. And then they're going to concentrate on PLO a little bit on the third week. So there'll be some plenty of stuff for this online series. They have released the complete schedule. The first tournament starts on uh, July 1st, a $500 buy-in. The big 500 kickoff, they're calling it. And then they will have... Uh, a double bracelet day uh, later in the uh, series and then a championship week with the main event. So uh, lots of stuff to be planned and the 33 tournaments in 32 days is what the schedule is going to be. And that will take place uh, again, July 1st through August uh, 1st. 
I'm sorry, Big Dave, it broke up a little bit when you're saying 33 and 32 days. You're talking about the online, right? That's the online schedule, yeah, which okay, will be this summer. Good. And then the, uh, I don't know if we talked a little bit about with Bernard last week that, uh, you know, the end of September is going to kick off the fall. So that's going to be the first time that it's a, in a completely different era, you know, out there at the Rio. Yeah, well, and did uh, you and Bernard discuss at all uh, what he expects for the main event, for the 10K, you know, main event in person? As far as a turnout? Uh, yeah. No, he, he really is just kind of on a wait-and-see attitude about that. He's, he thinks it, it will be good this year, that people miss this this year. Uh, except for all the, you know, the, the mamby pamby stuff that they tried, uh, with a final table, uh, you know, at the end of the year. But, uh, I think we'll be back to normal a little bit and will it have as big a turnout? Probably not, but, uh, you know, it shouldn't be too bad. I'm curious because, you know, not only the player turnout, but you know, the amount of dealers yeah. and employees that you need to make this, you know, the to try to run that as smooth as possible. I mean, you know, we, we've mentioned on the show as, as, as they've expanded, you know, some of the problems they've had and how great they've been for the most part to, you know, um, answer those questions the following year when yeah. they've had issues. Yeah. So I'm curious, you know, uh, if they're going to be able to get dealers to go out there. Um, you know, I know that I had, you know, two down here that always wanted to take out that six, seven week period off, you know, starting at the end of May into the middle of July because of the amount of money they were making over there. Uh, but obviously after seeing what I've been seeing here and, and everything else, I, I wonder if that's going to be yeah. the case uh, this time around. Well, I'm not sure. I really don't know. Uh, the, it will be this year, by the way, the exact dates are September 30th through November 23rd. So that changes things quite a bit. But we'll talk more about that in upcoming weeks. But the other thing that came out, uh, CBS has now obtained the rights to the World Series of Poker, uh, not only on their main network, but other things tied in. They have a new uh, subscription-based service called Paramount Plus. It was formerly known as uh, CBS All Access, but they're going to carry a lot of events on that. Uh, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's just going to change things completely and who knows, uh, you know, the, how the coverage will change, but, uh, there, there should be a lot of, uh, things, uh, involved in increasing the television coverage that people have, uh, expected. They're going to want to put it on a show and, uh, have some interesting things, but that will all uh, take place this year. They have picked up the hours and they're promising uh, 15 hours of main event coverage and 36 hours from 18 additional bracelet events. So they'll be announcing some of those uh, details in the next uh, few weeks. But uh, I wanted to point that out, uh, that there will be a big change as far as TV goes for the, for the World Series of Poker. Wow, Dave, that sounds like, remember how ESPN used to do it, that you'd get, you know feeds of different tournaments instead of just the main event as it's been for the last few years right on espn i used to enjoy the hell out of that yeah me too you know too and well. uh, you know i i really didn't want to watch anything until the final table the final table has been very interesting the last few years um but you know i 
I'm, I applaud CBS doing that and, and WSOP hooking up with somebody who's willing to do that. I I don't know why that format changed, but you know, this sounds very interesting to me that you kind of build up a nice little excitement leading up to the main event. Yes, for sure. No question. Uh, I wanted to get back to the Seminole Hard Rock uh, event. When I was out there yesterday. There was four tournaments that started yesterday. Uh, most of them concluded uh, late last night. Uh, I was thinking about playing. There was a small tournament at seven, a $150 buy-in, which uh, was supposed to have a 10000 guarantee and it ended up having, uh, you know, like about four times that because it was a huge turnout. But I just I didn't play because, you know, uh, my efforts to uh, do some interviews and that sort of thing was rebuffed and I I ended up leaving pretty early. So uh, I didn't play in the event. But as it turned out, it started at seven, ended about almost five in the morning. I can't imagine me playing that late. It's way past my bedtime. And if I was doing well and still alive, uh, you know, I probably would have been punting off chips right and left. Yeah, well, you know, if you if, well, the buy-in you said was one fifty. One fifty, and they guaranteed forty thousand, and the, they, and they guaranteed wound up paying 40000 Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, let me tell you, there's no, there's no way for you to do that unless that thing goes that long, you know. Yeah, that's uh, true. I don't know what the blind structure or you know starting stacks were. Do you do you have an idea? Uh, Fifteen thousand. And uh, twenty-minute uh, uh, segments. Yeah, so, you know, 20-minute segments, I know doesn't seem long to people, but, you know, the blind structure takes a little bit of a time to get up there, depending on, you know, whatever their blind structure was, but uh, so many people entered, so many chips in play, uh, and if they didn't make a deal, you know, you're going <laughs> to... You're going to go all the way to the end there. So, well, I actually, I, they ended up. Uh, it was so late in the morning that uh, they got to the final table of eight players, and they immediately made a chop. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's you know that you're talking that was a uh, ten hours uh, with probably very little break time because they weren't anticipating it going this long. Yeah, for sure. You know, you start a tournament at noon. You know, you at if you expect it to go 10, 12 hours, you know, you might schedule a half hour to an hour break somewhere for people to have something to eat. Yeah. Uh, well, they had, but, uh, let me move on because we're running, coming to the end of the show. Uh, I just wanted to mention that the opener uh, that had the six opening sessions, $600 buy-in with a half million dollar guarantee ended up with 3,902 players. Uh, that finally ended uh, late last night. Uh, as uh, Michael Casson was the winner, and uh, he had a chop with uh, Andrew Heckman, who entered the final uh, day of 15 players with about 25% of the chips, and he ends up finishing second. So uh, that was the finish there. Uh, Jake Schwartz was made the final table, and he finished in eighth. He was the one guy I really knew a little bit about. But uh, that was the event number one, which finally ended. But they are already up to, uh, I think they started four more events today, so they're already up to event 14. Uh, I think it was really a condensed schedule. But I want to just briefly mention before we go, and you'll find this uh, kind of hilarious, uh, uh, the seniors tournament that I mentioned, 386 players, uh, finished uh, late last night as well. And on that final table was an old friend of ours on the show, Al Riccobono from, I don't know if you remember Al, but Al was one of the two guys that was starting that TV show Fatties 
years ago. Yes, I remember that. Weren't they from Brooklyn or something? Yeah, he was from New York. Um, <laughs> he finished at the final table, and I was just looking at seeing how he did and toward the end there. He ended up finishing second. They had a, they had a six-way chop, uh, according to uh, uh, ICM. But uh, he collected uh, $13,580 for second place. And I was looking, and when they were down to eight, he had the short stack. And he ended up winning a couple hands in a row, went from like 290,000 chips up to 920. So he really moved up and earned himself some nice cash. Uh, of course, because there was his chop, it didn't make a hell of a lot more than sixth place. But uh, I think eighth place, if he had gone out right away when he went all in a couple of times, was only like $2,900. He ended up winning 13-5. But uh, Al, uh, you know, was on the show with us uh, several times many years ago, maybe eight, nine years ago, when they were going to put together a show about an underground club in New York called Fatties. And I don't know if I want to get a chance to talk to him. I didn't get it, uh, didn't get that opportunity. But, uh, you know, I'm, I, I don't think that ever came to fruition. And it was a great idea. But it, uh, again, with uh, Black Friday, it never came to happen. Yeah, that was a shame. That was, uh, that, you know, now that you brought that back in my mind, that was a fun interview, if I remember correctly. Yeah, the other guy was Mike. I forget Mike's last name. He was. They called him the Schnoz. Do you, you remember that's that? Right, that's right. That's right. They had some these some great stories about, on the show. about these characters that played at an underground club in Brooklyn, and uh, it was really uh, a great story. But uh, anyway, the seniors tournament played out. James Diaz was the winner, and uh, Matt Yora also finished at that final table. So um, you know, it's funny. I see all these names now that I don't know, and uh, I think uh, the the number of players that are coming into the game is still a huge. Yeah, you know, the, to be honest, I mean, you think about it, the pandemic might have actually reset, you know, a little bit of this, Dave. Yeah. You know, people who were burning out may have taken the break that they needed to, and, uh, you know, <laughs> um, you know, the greatest news on this today has been that CBS decided to buy this out, so yeah. um, I, I think that, you know, bodes real well for, for poker yeah. going forward that they believe there's a big future in this. So I agree. Great time for that. I agree. Uh, so anyway, the hard rock uh, series continues out there. The main event uh, gets underway uh, with a $3,500 buy-in. That is, uh, let's see the dates on that uh, April 23rd and 24th, the two starting days for the main event. And so I'll probably head up there and uh, see if I can do some stuff. There's also a $50,000 high roller coming up on April the 21st. So uh, senior tournament, you didn't make it, but at least one of our good friends uh, finished second. <laughs> Congratulations. Anyway, that's going to do it for the show. Appreciate uh, your appearance as usual, Joe. I missed you last week, no question. And uh, look forward to uh, moving on with some stuff. Some big news coming here in Florida over the next couple of weeks. And so tune into the show to find out what's going on, uh, whether uh, some of the paramutuals will be eliminating some of their products or if they will be changing how sports betting is uh, contested in this state. A lot of stuff uh, interesting on this show that we'll be presenting over the next couple of weeks. Joe Costello, thank you so much as usual. And we will be back with another show here uh, next week. You're listening to Poker Action Line, and we hope you do so every week. Sign up and subscribe on Spotify or on SoundCloud to the show, and you'll get the, uh, the contacts of when we are uh, releasing the newest program. 
Uh, check out that Bernard Lee interview from last week if you haven't had a chance. It's, it was a really good one. He has a new book coming out on satellite play and and the proper uh, you know things you need to do to get involved. Joe, you got something to add? Yeah, I just wanted to add. Uh, I know you know this gentleman, but I had the pleasure of meeting him about two weeks ago. Hopefully, we can get him on the show. Uh, the new poker room director or manager, I called her uh, Ralph Brandt. Uh, real nice gentleman, uh, listener to our show. Um, and, and like I said, I know that you've spoken to him before. So. Yeah, well, well, funny you mention that because I stopped by Calder yesterday on the way to back from my doctor's office down in Hialeah. And uh, he was not working, but I talked to uh, one of his assistants, and uh, they do hope to get some poker this summer. Uh, you know, a lot of stuff still to be determined, but I did try to stop by and say hello. I'll give him a call, and we'll get him on the program uh, over the next couple of weeks. Oh, that'd be great. Uh, you know, my brother-in-law kept raving what a great guy he is, and in the short time that I got to meet and talk to him, uh, he definitely seems like a real nice guy, and I know that... You've always said that about them. So. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, thanks for everything. We will see you, the fans, uh, with another show next week. Thanks for joining us today, and we'll talk poker soon. The views and opinions of the hosts, guests, or callers are not necessarily those of the station, its owners, advertisers, or agencies. <laughs>